Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my man, man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're diving deep into the Pittsburgh Steelers comeback of the Las Vegas Raiders. What we saw from Kenny Pickett, what the defense showed, whose fault is the slow starts, and is a playoff run really in sight for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now because the odds keep moving up by the day. It is a snowy one. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas, a happy holiday. Steven, you as well. I love the sweater. How you Thank doing, you. my friend? Doing, doing very well. Um, feeling holly and jolly. Um, had a good Christmas and, uh, yeah, no, that was, um, I don't know. Like when I thought about that game, the Steelers played, I think the lead up to it was about everything. It wasn't going to be, you know, um, I I thought like the, it was, there was so much talk about, you know, obviously Franco Harris not being able to be there. Um, how that kind of took some shine off the immaculate, uh, reception ceremonies and, things of that nature, you know, how few people were going to be there, the attendance and all that. And then they deliver like a classic game in terrible weather and, and pull off this great win. And I I was just, I was happy for it. I, I, you know, I was happy about it. I was just happy about, I guess, I guess just the fact that it never really, uh, you know, that, that you could think about the great things, you know, that you could just appreciate a win and and an entertaining game instead of having to think about, you know, all those miserable, like it was a little miserable, like the lead up to the yeah. game, just having to think about all that stuff. So I'm glad they delivered at least a good game. And um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a nice win. It was nice. It, it, and I agree with you. Like everything that came with that game, that should have been, it should have been like such a wonderful celebration. And that was the thing. Like if Franco, if the tragic death of Franco Harris didn't happen and you head into that game and you lose, you know, it's just a bad performance in a night that they should have honored Franco Harris. Now it was that, you know, amplified by a billion because mm-hmm. of Franco Harris's, you know, sudden passing the week, just three days before they're set to do this. The emotions are high. You know, everybody's talking about how, oh, you know, we're playing for Franco. You just couldn't lose that game. Like, you, no matter what you could do, you couldn't lose that game. Let me ask, from the press box, it was very much so the feeling of, okay, the Steelers are going to pull this off. Like I understand that it's six to 10 right now. And this team looks terrible, but they're going to pull this off. Was that the same vibe, the same feel that you got watching from home? No, not really. Um, Especially for me, because I came in thinking that they were going to lose that game, albeit in a, in a different fashion, but yeah, no, I got proven wrong at, at every turn. Um, And I, you know, the defense held up in a way that I didn't think they would. Um, Kenny yeah. Pickett and the offense kind of survived the cold in a way that I didn't think they would. Um, and just made the plays down the stretch in the way that I didn't think they would. Um, to engineer a drive like that at the very end was was not something I saw coming. Um, maybe I don't have as romantic a view of that team as as some other people do, but I, I fully expected them to kind of stall out and not, you know, that fourth and one, that Kenny was able to get there at the very end that I don't know. I, I was, if I was, if you made me put money on it in that, in that very moment, I wouldn't have been very optimistic on their chances, but, but they proved me wrong. They did. They, they proved a lot of people wrong. And I agree that fourth and one 
the second QB sneak, there was just some feel that you were just like, all right, you know, this doesn't gonna this isn't gonna work two times in a game. But, you know, it did. It works. I saw Jason Kelsey drop a stat that's definitely made up, but he said the QB sneaks works ninety two percent of the time, all the time. And <laughs> I've lived by that ever since I heard it. So shout out to Jason Kelsey. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett's final drive. Um very much Ben Roethlisberger like that's what I've been saying for two days this is a feel of Kenny came into training camp they trained him to do one thing and that was win football games in big moments and so far when he's presented with those opportunities he has come through most of the time what was your takeaway from that drive you know did it did it make up for how bad the game was beforehand especially for Kenny Pickett who definitely had a poor game um you know what are your thoughts um just the way he finished. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you think about the difference between, I mean, he was in a really similar situation in the Miami game, uh, a chance to win that game, you know, tie that game with a touchdown, win it with an extra point. Uh, it was a very, very similar situation. And Kenny did not finish that drive the way he wanted down in Miami and was able to do it this time. And that's just, that's just the difference between not just Kenny Pickett, but this team, from before the bye week versus after is their ability to finish. Um, we knew they could be competitive. You knew they could hang around. You knew Kenny could mostly hold his own um, in a lot of ways, but it's getting over that hump and not just being competitive, but making the necessary plays to win. That's like, that's the next step for everyone. That's the next step for every quarterback that has to, has to go, has to, you know, grow from their rookie year on and on and on into a, into the rest of their career. Um, but you, you have to finish, you know, it's not just about being close. And I feel like a lot of the conversation afterwards, uh, you know, kind of in the aftermath of that game was people talking about how everything could have gone wrong, but it didn't, you know, it went right. And that's like all you can like sometimes just, just in the same way, like when we talk about their playoff chances, I'm going to bring up how close they are to being 12 and three versus seven and eight, you know, a little mm-hmm. sneak peek into like, but you can play the what if game every, you know, every which way, regardless of result. But the reality is the line between winning and losing is really thin, no matter if you win or lose, no matter what end of it you are on the other side of. And all you can evaluate is the fact that Kenny did it, that he did it, that, that, that he pulled it off and that it happened. You know, um, mm-hmm. we can talk for, for hours on end on what could have gone wrong, but it didn't go wrong. And that, that's really the the difference between this team looking, you, you know, you feeling as great as you do on Monday on Christmas after that win versus being despondent, them getting knocked out of the playoffs and, and everything that would have come with coming up short on a fourth and one or something like that. Yeah, it's very true. You do, you do have to look at it like that. Like the progression throughout that game is one thing, but just the fact that you're just, you're this late in the season. It's week 16. The playoffs are on the line. Every single game you lose, it's over. It doesn't matter how you win. You won. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about, oh, well, you have to win by 40. This isn't the college football playoffs. This is the NFL. All you got to do is win. You got to pull it out. Kenny Pickett makes sure that he did that. And I agree with you. I think the, the maturation process from Miami to now is significant. And I think it's even more significant when you look at the whole body of work. You watched Kenny Pickett for three quarters, really three and a half quarters, and he was awful. Like, this was a bad game 
for Kenny Pickett. I thought his reads were really bad. Um, I thought he looked really nervous. That interception was, it was very Derek Carr-like interception where it was just a lazy pass. Um, I didn't think he went through his progressions very well. It, it was just a poor performance. But two minutes on the line, or three minutes, I think it was like 3.09 on the clock. You get the ball, you get an opportunity to win this game. You haven't been able to do anything all game long, and you say, okay, well, we have to put together a drive and win, and then you go and do that. I think that speaks more volumes than a poor performance leading up to it because you were able to, as a rookie, in Week 16 with the playoffs on the line, everything that has come with this game, able to shut it all out and say, we have three minutes and nine seconds, we have to go win this football game. And then you go and do it. And just like you said, like that's that's the most significant part that you can take away from this entire thing on top of anything else. And it's very Ben Roethlisberger like, like I said before, like we watched in training camp, the Steelers only put Kenny Pickett with the when it was two minute drills and red zone. And then in the preseason, they played him most of the time in the two minute drill and in the red zone. And now it's coming to fruition where okay, we pounded this guy to become a winner, to have that it factor in those weighing moments. And so far, you know, he's been able to do it, something that I I think they took that from Ben. I think they saw Ben late in his career. You know, Ben is obviously Ben Roethlisberger, and even the last season he was still a Hall of Famer. That's a huge X X factor. But what made Ben so special those last couple of years was that if there was two minutes on the clock and he had the football, the Steelers were going to win that game. And I think that they took that away and said, we have to make Kenny Pickett the same way. I think this game showed that, you know, he could do that. Yeah. And I mean, that's why you drafted this guy over yeah. a Malik Willis or someone like that. You know, that, exp- you know, he's a little older. Um, the, the, like Mike Tomlin talked about in the post game, like that they saw his moxie, his, uh, his serenity in tough moments and in big moments, you know, his ability to not, be phased by bright lights. They saw that at every turn and they saw it up close and personal during his college career. And that's why they went with him over someone who was maybe more of a raw talent. Yep. Agreed. And I think the bigger question now is, can he keep doing it? Like, do you have that expectation moving forward of, okay, against Baltimore, if this situation presented itself again, he could do it again. Like, is it a one shot kill as a rookie or is he able to do that? I think now that's the biggest question out there. And I don't know if we could have an answer, but that's definitely the biggest question out there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's like talk. You... Oh, God. No, just you were right. Can't have an answer right now. It's can he do it or can he not? That's what we're watching towards the end of the season. All right. Let's talk before the comeback. Sloppy game like we got into. Kenny Pickett, awful night. Um, Najee Harris, unable to run the football, though. He was an absolute monster there at the end and then the defense obviously held their own but i want to point to whose fault it was steve smith uh, I, i'm sure you watched the broadcast you might have heard this in person went off on matt canada calling him a saturday coach mm-hmm. saying that you know the connor hayward run at the end which i agree 100 percent. why would you wait until the game until you have to close out the game to run your best offensive play of the night very saturday like coach that's what he kept calling him not built for the pros do you put that on Matt Canada? Do you put it on Kenny Pickett? Do you put it on the inability to run the football? What, what's your takeaway there for a slow start? Yeah, I, I think the inability to run the football was huge. Like you said, it wasn't Kenny's best night. Um, I don't think anyone expected it to really be. I mean, it was it was a tough environment in a lot of ways. So, you know, you can't exactly 
I didn't expect Kenny to throw for 300 yards or anything like that. So running the football was huge. Um, I think the Raiders knew that. I think the Steelers knew that. I think everyone in that building knew that. And when you weren't able to do that, everything else suffers. You know, Be- you become one-dimensional and you become one-dimensional in an environment that is not built for that dimension. Um, yep. Yeah. And I, but the, the conservatism was a little bit by design, I think. Um, but not being able to run the football was was huge, especially for this – like. Go back every other week of the season. Running the football has been huge. Like the difference yep. between, like I think the story of the season is going to be pre bye week versus post bye week, and you can see the inability. Like running the football has been the key for this offense and for this entire team for the whole season. Um, and yeah. when it doesn't show up, they don't look great. No, they do. They, they, that's exactly what it is. Like you have to go back to the foundation of the Steelers' offense, which is. Najee Harris and his ability to run the football and when it doesn't work things don't click but at the same time I feel like you have to find a way to make things click if it doesn't because Kenny Pickett isn't a terrible quarterback anymore he's not a great quarterback but and and he did he I thought he had a like the worst night he's had since the bye week was Saturday night but but I think that that there's factors that play into that the fact that like you said, it was freezing cold, like ridiculously cold outside. There was a ton of emotion. He's wearing a new helmet with a visor. I don't care what anybody says. It's got to be weird. Um, you're coming off a, a missed week. So all that groove that you had coming out of the bye week, gone. And I feel like there was more pressure on that situation than there was in any game he's played so far in this career. It's the playoffs are here if you win. They're gone if you lose. You have the memory of Franco Harris, and everybody keeps reminding you how big that night is. And you're at home. It's your first game back. It's Christmas Eve. It's just a it's just a lot to put on somebody. So I didn't expect him to have the greatest night, but he did. He had a very poor night, but I still think that you had to be able to find ways to get things going. And I just didn't I just didn't see that. You know, like the, the Deontay Johnson. Throws were perfect. You got to get Pat Fryermuth involved, obviously. Najee Harris at the end was an absolute monster. But the amount of limitation that you put on a guy like George Pickens, which is what stands out the most to me when you criticize Matt Canada in this game, is the guy that was guarding George Pickens was a third stringer two weeks ago, Amik Robertson. Uh, Rocky Singh goes down with an injury. Sidney Jones is so bad he gets benched. So they put Amik Robertson in. Two years into the league now, I believe, the dude is 5'8". Five, 5'8". Eight. Five, eight. George Pickens is 6'3 on a bad day. He's 6'5 on a good day. And when he jumps, he's 7'4". And you don't throw the ball to him more than, I believe he had, what, four catches? Five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. And that the last one was, I mean, like, you know, it, it was a great throw and it was a great design. But I thought you could have threw that up to him all night long. He would have found the football. Probably could have had 150 yards. I just think that in this game, it was another example of how limited they keep some of these guys. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I've seen this for weeks. Like it's the just just throw it to George Pickens, and he's never as open as not never as open, but like people pretend like he is always open even when he's covered, and I think that is no, a bad. Yeah. It is a bad like. It would be a bad lesson to teach Kenny, or a bad thing to tell Kenny just throw it up to him you know like you don't want him forcing these throws at all like i can understand wanting to get george the ball more but like we we can pump the brakes a little bit like 
let's not convince our rookie quarterback to just throw into throw into tight coverage every time just because we think our guy is better. Um, I, I don't know. Like at a certain point, George has to like create some separation and get open. Like this isn't, you know, the, I, I, your point is well taken. George is a great player and a good player and he's going to be even better. And he's got to have opportunities for those contested catches, but you got to time up, right. You know, you can't just force feed him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on this a lot, but I I never I never put I don't know. I think George can do a lot more too, you know. And I think yeah. he's he's got a ways to go before you can treat him before we can talk about him in that way as a just kind of throw it up to him whenever you get the chance. Kind of. Guy. I I agree. I like that point about you. That's a bad thing to keep teach Kenny Pickett because it definitely is a bad thing to teach Kenny Pickett. So you are you are right there. I I honestly I think the biggest if like you you brought up the run game. I thought it was Kenny. You know I think that even what did Najee finish with? Sixteen rushes, fifty three yards. Like it's not a great game, but it's still fifty three yards on the ground. Like you keep pounding away with three yard carries, you get a first down. I mean it takes four plays, but you get a first down. I I think that it does. Like a lot of it comes back to Kenny. I don't know if I have the Matt Canada criticism that Steve Smith has. But I, you know, I do always blame the offensive coordinator because I just don't think that I think there's too much talent for it not to be clicking the way that it needs to be clicking. Like 13 to 13 to 10 is a game where, yeah, 13 to 10 is a win, whatever. But the Steelers have the weapons to score 25 points a game. And they, I think that should be the standard is them scoring 25 points a game. And they're not like they win 19 to 10, 19 to 13, 13 to 10, you know, 16 to 10. And I get the NFL is down in scoring, but you have to be able to find the end zone. It just feels like things stall out when they don't, don't need to stall out. But to your point, you know, you got to be open. You got to make good plays. If you're Kenny Pickett, it's bad teaching. So, you know, that is a defense for Matt Canada, no doubt. Yeah. And I mean, also like the other thing is, I don't know if we're having this much of a, having this conversation in this way. If, if like Deontay Johnson could catch a ball in the end zone, you know, like true. Like, I, I I don't know, like, like this isn't, I don't know, at some point your stars have to play like stars and like Najee just has to do it. Deontay just has to do it. Like it's, I, I think that's a big part of it too. I think we kind of underrate how much, how often um, guys like that just haven't shown up. Um, and of course it yep. can always go back to the offensive coordinator. He's got to take a lot of the responsibility for this when stuff like that happens. But when you're a team scoring 20 points a game or less than 20 points a game. The, there's a lot of blame to go around. There always is. That's very true. That is very true. Like you got it. You do have to look at the guys and Deontay hasn't shown up from time to time. And he had a big drop in this one too. Najee didn't, you know, hasn't shown up for time. I mean, uh, the first half of the season, I think he showed up big in the second half of this game. Oh yeah. You know, George. Uh, and, and again, Kenny's got to show up from time to time. So that is true. I don't know. I, I, I wear it on I weigh it on both sides. Like I think the Steelers have the talent if that talent works. And I think there's other teams that show this. Like, you know, you get a really high powered offense, and I don't expect the Steelers to have a really high powered offense, maybe ever, but you get a guy like Kyle Shanahan, you get a guy like Sean McVay, Andy Reid. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury yeah, might Cliff, be looking for a job. Like Cliff Kingsbury, he could be looking for a job, but that and that's what I'm saying. Like those offenses, it doesn't matter who you put it in there, unless it's Trace McSorley. 
you you win football games and you have a really high powered offense. I mean, Baker Mayfield walked into Va- or walked into Los Angeles a week and a half ago. The dude looks like a whole new quarterback. And, and I don't expect somebody to come in here and make Kenny Pickett a Hall of Famer. I just think that if you have a really good offense, you create the space with your play calls to yeah. have the success, have the bare minimum success. You still need those guys to make big plays. But I think that if you could create a play that gets Deontay Johnson open or gets George Pickens open, you don't have to rely on their talent as much as, you know, these guys are like San Francisco is not packed to the gills with talent. They're working with Brock Purdy at quarterback and their biggest names are Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuels. And those are huge names. But everybody else outside of George Kittle, who doesn't even do much in the passing game, is is essentially just like a middle tier offensive weapon and all the make plays. And, and I think the same way, I mean, Los Angeles has literally nobody. Tyler Higby was going off last night. Nobody knows who Tyler Higby is outside of, you know, people who watch that game. I just think that you could, you know, you could sculpt plays to help your guys. And I just don't know if Canada does that. But at the same time, like, I'm not trying to pull away from, because I think you're right about the the talent thing. You do have to come up with plays if you have that talent. And I don't think yeah. the Steelers, I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix. Yeah, I mean, it always is. I, I like don't want to take away any blame from Matt Canada. Like he certainly hasn't yeah. been, hasn't been as as good as everyone would have hoped. Um, but yeah, like like I said, there's tons of blame to share. Um, when you score 16 points in a football game. Um, yeah, even when you win. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is the playoffs. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're currently sitting at seven and eight. They are one game away from 800. One game away from we never never it took us half the season to admit that maybe they might get to 500 by the end of the year i still didn't believe myself when i said it here we are we're one game away from watching the pittsburgh steelers hit 500 two games away from watching them possibly finish the season above 500 crazy numbers and their playoff chances are still alive they went from i want to say 0.7 percent walking into the weekend to coming out yesterday after the after the um Miami game shooting up to four percent. So before they even kicked off they were at four percent. Before they no so because they they were at one they were at two percent after the Vegas game after the win. Okay. After Miami lost they went up to four percent and if they win out, so here, this is the situation right now. I, I don't know the exact win loss. I know that the Dolphins have to lose out, and I know that the Chargers have to lose out for like the easiest path to the playoffs. Right now, they're at 4%. If they win out and nothing else happens, if they win out, they have a 17% chance of making the playoffs. If the Chargers lose tonight, they, that shoots up to 23%. Now, if both of these teams lose next week as well, that'll shoot to like nearly 50% chance to get into the playoffs, which is nuts because last week we were talking about, oh, they have a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs, and they are now sitting with an opportunity to, you know, to miracle their way into this, which you called. You did call. I got to give you credit for that one, but I, I think the bigger question. So let's start here. Actually, before we get into the bigger question, let's start here. Do you... Do you still have the same faith and has your faith moved at all gone up or down? 
gone up, I guess. I mean, like, I don't think it's moved significantly, but it has gone up. Um, I don't know. They won. They won. Like, th- their odds are better. They did like, win. They, like, pulling that out, like, that final drive did a lot of heavy lifting for them. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I am certainly much more confident, especially because they pulled off a win. I wasn't expecting, like, you almost feel like they're playing with house money right now. Um, like, I expected them, I expected us to be doing a post-mortem this morning about about how the season was over, playoffs were out of reach. Um, but no, they are, here they are, still breathing. And I don't know how you could not be more confident. Um, even if yeah. Lamar comes back next week and I guess you got to face Deshaun Watson at the end of the year, but he doesn't look like anything special. Um, no. This is, this is in, this feels like it's more in their hands than it might actually be in reality. I feel like if they yeah. went out, it's, I feel like if they went out, they'll be in. Dang. That's a strong statement, but I, I don't like disagree with it. And you have to look at Baltimore. Like what are the chances that Lamar Jackson actually plays? They have already clinched a playoff berth. I don't like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know if they can win the AFC North, but it's not looking likely. Why not just keep them out until the until the playoffs? Like, why would you risk, especially against Pittsburgh? Like, why would you put him in with the most physical game of your season and say, hey, guys, keep him healthy for two more weeks? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. So you have to expect that it's Tyler Huntley out there. Mitch Trubisky doesn't throw three interceptions against Baltimore last time. They walk away with that win, like, no questions asked. Right. If he, and, even if he, right. throws, he throws two interceptions. Two interceptions. They, they win that game. Exactly. Yeah. So... You have to feel really good about this game. And then, like you said, Deshaun Watson does not look good. You're going to be at home. That stadium is going to be rocking. Akersher Stadium will be crazier than it's been all season long if they have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and all they have to do is beat the Browns. You're very right. You're very right. So let's let's imagine they get in. Let's imagine they somehow pull off a miracle. Do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers have anything that could compete with a team in the postseason. You'd have to imagine that they're probably going to play the Bills. That's who they'd face because they'd get in at the seventh seed and they'd, they'd face Buffalo, which would not be good. But, you know, is there any hope compared to... Because you got to remember, you know, it was Kenny Pickett's second game. TJ Watt was out. Minka Fitzpatrick was pretty banged up. The defense was suffered a lot of injuries that week. You know, it's a different team. Do you have any expectation that that would change? Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't think that I'll put it. I don't think they lose by thirty again. Um, I don't think they get shut out either. Um, I know the Bills are playing a lot better as of late, but they still. I don't know. They're winning more games. I'll put it that way. The Bills are winning more yeah. games recently. I don't know if they're necessarily looking better. Um, no, they're definitely not. Jo- Josh Allen looks worse. Yeah, we. I, Josh Allen is my fantasy football king, but he has been the, these interceptions are killing me, and he just looks like dumb doing them. You know, yep, yep. Um, real like, bad interceptions. Right, like there, he will go from making the most insane throw that you've ever seen in your life to making the most mind-bogglingly dumb interception you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. And true, I don't know. I, I think enough could go. I think enough weird, weird stuff could happen. You know, Josh Allen can make enough mistakes and the running game could control the ball, could control the line of scrimmage and control the clock enough. Um, Steelers run defense looks a lot better than it has, um, you know, in, in the, than it did at the beginning of the year. And 
in a snowy Buffalo or like a really cold Buffalo, maybe that, maybe that helps you out. You know, maybe I think enough weird stuff could happen that they could make that game competitive. And then if you're in a one score game or in a, a tied game with anyone in the NFL this year, anything can happen. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't put money on it if that, if that did happen. Um, but yeah, the, the crazier things have happened and I don't think it's insane to say that they could, they could steal one. So this is also the bills we're talking about. Like they, they lose games in, they lose playoff they games, lose games in, in weird ways that they shouldn't. So I don't know. Yeah. No, it's very true. It's very true. And, and you know, it's the Steelers and anything can happen. And that's the thing. Like, if they if they did it, it's not about when it comes to the to the playoffs, when it comes to the NFL, like time and time again, you I mean, you grew up a victim to this. It's not about how good you are all season long. It's about who is the hottest team in the NFL entering the playoffs. And I would not say that that is Buffalo. I, I would say it might be Kansas City. But the Steelers are likely going to avoid Kansas City as they get the first round by, which is huge news for Pittsburgh. I would not say it's Buffalo. I wouldn't even say that Buffalo is like top three right now. Right. The Steelers, on the other hand, they look like one of the hottest teams in football. Like it, it's crazy to think about, and they don't look like they're dominating anybody. But you look at the last five weeks of the season, and you remove a Mitch Trubisky terrible performance after Kenny Pickett goes down in the second drive of a Baltimore game, and the Pittsburgh Steelers look like one of the most fluid teams in football like just like a team that you're like oh well you know kind of just feels like they're gonna win like i don't know how it's gonna happen but it just feels like they're gonna win um and there's a list like so you go down let, let's go through the bills we're gonna say a maybe the chiefs uh, no i would say no but <laughs> yeah I, you know i would just feel but i again i don't assume that they that they would have to face them in the first round i mean maybe them and the bills are tied right now but didn't kansas city won that game i'm pretty sure against yeah, each they, other yeah. Uh, uh, no, um, no, the Bills won that game, I'm pretty sure. Oh, then maybe that. Okay, two games. That could change things. That could change things. The Chiefs would be a no. The Bengals, I would feel so confident about Cincinnati. Like, overly confident for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the so the Steelers, uh, they, they're they one and one against Cincinnati, and their one loss came by seven points. Like, this did not. Yep. The Bengals are not in some other stratosphere. They're they're pulling off wins kind of by the skin of their teeth. They're not really blowing anyone out. Yep, exactly. And that win came, what was it, the second game off of the bye? So, yeah, yeah the Steelers are good, but they, you know, the momentum has certainly built since then. Um, then you keep going down. Baltimore, I would easily say yes to a Baltimore matchup. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that the Steelers would beat the, the Ravens almost with with ease in that situation, you know, it, they'd, it'd probably be 14 to 10, but that still would feel like a good, a good win. Right. Uh, Tennessee. Yes. The jets. Yes. And then everybody else is just fair game. The dolphins. Be, I mean, Tua looks awful right now. And the yeah. Patriots. Yes. I just feel like, you know, the Patriots, would, of, the Patriots would have the lead with like 30 seconds left. They'd have a three point yeah. lead with 30 seconds left. And then TJ Watt would have like a scoop and score touchdown. And, <laughs> so, like, like that's I would, exactly I would. What happened? Yeah, that's that's exactly what would happen. But I, that's what I'm saying. Every team just seems to be like the the way that the the AFC is working out right now is that every team seems to be crashing outside of those top two. 
except yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, like they are taking full advantage of this run. And it's and I, it's just nuts. Like I, I just feel so confident that if they got in there, like they might be able to shock somebody. It could hurt them where they sit. Like if they somehow, and I don't even know if it's possible, found themselves in a sixth seed instead of a seventh, that changes the whole landscape of things. But I just think that there's, I don't know if there's many teams out there that I would already assume would be a loss outside of those top two. And, you know, Buffalo could be anybody. Buffalo could really be anybody. Um, Yeah. Actually, actually nuts. Like, actually nuts. Well, the other thing is they're, they're like, they're nine points away from being undefeated after the bye. And like, that. that's very true. Like, I, I don't know. That, like, would you would you've guessed that? Like, I knew they were going to be better after the bye. Like, the the schedule alone just told you that. But yeah, to have been to be that close to a winning record is is just insane for this team. And and it speaks to what we talked about earlier. Just their the whole team's ability to finish. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. those those like that Jets game or that Browns game. Like, I know they lost the Browns by twelve, but like. The, if the defense is able to stand a little bit taller in the second half and, and like stop yep. the run a little bit, like even that Patriots game too, like this team is so close to looking a lot better than they actually are. And we're having different conversations right now. If just yep. a few things go a little differently. A few, one interception less. One interception less by Mitch Trubisky and by your, ba- the yeah, by your backup. By your backup. By your backup quarterback. quarterback in a situation that in a situation that nobody could have saw coming against the one of the best defenses in the, in the AFC one interception less and the Pittsburgh Steelers are eight and eight right now with an opportunity are eight and seven right now with an opportunity to be 10 and seven at the end of the season like that's just that's a whole other ball game at that at that moment like like all our conversations all of our momentum that we've talked about all of the somewhat high expectations that you could have for this team entering the postseason are like just amplified significantly as soon as if that happens it's nuts it's mind-blowing but we'll see we got two more games this week it is uh the baltimore ravens in baltimore new year's day flex to prime time did you see before we head out did you see who was it patrick queen tweet out he's like why would you flex that to prime time why not? Like, is that a shot? Did you take that as a shot at the Steelers? Did you take that as he just doesn't want to play at eight o'clock at night? Because I certainly don't like covering games at eight o'clock at night. So I can only imagine no, playing in them. No, I kind of agreed with them, but um, no, it's, it makes sense. I mean, it's going to be one of the more compelling matchups of that week. I forget who they flexed okay. out. I think it was like chargers, the Rams and the chargers, which right. is, who the, you know, important, like, but not, that. no, yeah, nobody like, wants to watch that. Right, like it's it's important for the Chargers, Rams. No, I I don't want to watch that. So I yeah, no, it makes and sense. Who's got how many Chargers fans are there? Like a dozen. So <laughs> it's not like you know there's gonna be way not more like people doing tuned into that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's it makes sense. Like it definitely does make sense. But I don't know. I took it. A lot of Steelers fans are blowing that guy up. I was just like, ah, maybe he didn't mean it like that. But at the same time, I was like, it is a Baltimore Ravens inside linebacker, like. Talking smack just comes with the job. I understand it. It's no big deal. But uh, I did enjoy that tweet. I did enjoy that tweet. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and check all mine and Steven's work out 
at allsteelers.com. We will be back on to or on Wednesday. Enjoy your week. Peace. <laughs>